friend Taylor has remotely connected with me for this episode of the Corona Bloody Virus Extraordinary Episodes of Light on Leeds and he is from the British Library. The British Library have got a Leeds culture programme which Ken tells me all about and do check out Faint Signals which is a commission they've done with a Yorkshire based interactive art studio Invisible Flock. I've had a little listen myself and it's just really beautiful and mindful. Give it a go and listen to this episode and see what you think. On this week's episode of the Corona Bloody Virus Extraordinary Episodes of Light on Leeds, I have Ken Taylor come to remotely speak to me from the British Library. Hello, Ken. Hi, Hazel. Uh, good afternoon. Thank you so very much for coming along to speak to me. You are the lead cultural producer north of the British Library. Can you tell people who may not know a little bit about the British Library? So the British Library is the National Library of the UK. We have two sites. Uh, Probably the most well-known one is at St Pancras in London, quite near to the the station there and and to King's Cross. But what is a bit less well-known, but many listeners will probably be aware, is that the other site is at Boston Spa uh, near Weatherby. Some people will know that as also as Four Parts Estate. Uh, and in fact, that building pre-existed longer than the St. Pancras building. So it's been in operation since 1961 and is a really key part of our operations as the State Library. So what kind of things do get kept there at your site? Well, uh, we are a legal deposit library, uh, which to give you a bit of an explanation of that, that means by government statute, we receive a copy of every book, every magazine, every newspaper published in the UK, and we we get a copy of that. And there are similar legal deposit libraries in Aberystwyth, in in Edinburgh, but we are are the one for the, the whole of the UK. And of course, that means there's a huge amount of material we get through that but that isn't the whole entirety of our collections so for example we get uh, a range of material we also acquire both in the UK and internationally and we also have a lot of material we've collected from different sources over the years Um, so the British Library only came together in, in 1973 before that it was several different libraries and collections that were brought together so we have stuff that goes back 3,000 years we have uh, like Chinese oracle bones we have maps from the royal collection and equally we have uh, a sound archive the sound archive for the UK which includes everything from pop music and the latest releases to really rare recordings on wax cylinders and um, oral histories a collection of dialect recordings so it's a huge and really diverse uh, range of materials we look after it really sounds like it. it sounds like an absolute treasure trove do you get people coming to you with their own things that they've collected that they think are of some importance and they bring them to you to see if you would be interested in them we do collect things, obviously, because we already collect a, a huge amount. Uh, we do tend to be quite selective. So it tends to be stuff that our curators think already relates to our um, existing collections, already things that we actively collect. So we don't necessarily have sort of open submissions for people to sort of bring things to donate but our curators as part of their role are actively out there looking for things to be preserved and again that that might include the the papers of a famous writer but equally you know we we do um projects which record important oral histories from people uh, which we, we collect contemporary ways there and indeed we don't just collect printed things the you know information and books and publications are increasingly digital so we have a huge amount of digital collections as well and so we have curators thinking about new types of storytelling and and new formats and how how we should collect them 
And so it's really interesting kind, kind of area of work, the different things that, that we gather in. But of course, one of the key things is we have to look after it forever. So, and we, we get a huge amount of material through legal deposits. So we also have to think carefully about what will be important because it's not just there for the sake of it. You know, we are a research library. Anyone with a, a, a reader pass can consult items to find out how to do that online. And indeed, you can do that at Boston Spa. Obviously, with the lockdown, um, not possible at the moment. But of course, we get used by uh, all sorts of university researchers, scientific researchers looking at papers from, uh, obviously, for example, doing research into COVID-19. We were making sure during the lockdown, we were putting um, lots of our papers out for, for scientists and things. So all kinds of things like that. That's brilliant. And so if you have a pass and you go online, are there sort of archives that you can look at that are digitally stored? Yes, that's a really good point, especially at the moment. Um, so a huge part of our work is digitizing uh, what we look after. And that includes newspapers, sound recordings, uh, illuminated manuscripts. So even from the comfort of your home, you can consult, even w- without a pass, we have a huge amount of uh, materials you can just look at on our various websites huge numbers of websites that we have uh, with different things and some of them are particularly uh, aimed at different collections so we have one called discovering sacred texts which is about all um, different religious texts that we hold another one's called discovering children's literature so that's uh, all about different kind of children's books and there are different activities on there and yes you can listen to lots of the, the sound recordings online as well so certainly that there's lots online as well as hopefully when we're through these times being able to consult material in our reading rooms Excellent. That sounds like there's a whole wealth of things there to explore. Um, can I ask you a little bit about you have commissioned an interactive arts studio uh, or with the interactive arts studio, sorry, Invisible Flock. You, you've done something called Faint Signals. Can you tell me a little bit about that? No problem. And, and that's a really good um, way to talk more about, particularly my role at the library, because we have um, over about four, 1,400 staff and I get to work with uh, all sorts of people with, with all sorts of specialisms. But as you mentioned at the beginning, my focus is on working on our cultural programme in and around Leeds. And that's one of the um, bigger projects we did during the last year, Faint Signals. So in 2019, we contributed to Light Night Leeds. We did a big project down at Leeds Dock related to our Buddhism exhibition. Uh, there was a light installation and we worked with a couple of the, the Buddhist communities in Leeds. And we also loaned one of our Buddhist tech to, to the Royal Armouries. But of course, in 2020, with COVID-19, Light Night couldn't go ahead as it did previously. So we decided that we still wanted to do something. And so we did an online commission that people could still enjoy at home. And of course, like what we did in 2019, we based it on some of the collections in the library. So Invisible Flock are a studio based at Yorkshire Sculpture Park, and they do all sorts of digital installations, all sorts of creative commissions. And they were really interested and inspired by part of our sound archive, which is nature and environmental sounds. So this includes sounds of birds, recordings, even the sounds of seeds popping, of of weather. And they created an online interactive experience, very much based around the sound archive and a sound experience but they did create a kind of graphic world that you can explore and it was quite scientifically based so it's a series of forests it's a sort of two-dimensional world you explore but they are all based on real flora and fauna that can be found in Yorkshire both what can be found now and indeed things of the past as well including extinct animals but all all in this region obviously as it's part of our Yorkshire program so you can listen online it changes every time you use it 
there's uh, hundreds of different sounds there and you can explore that and yes uh, we did it for light night but we've decided to keep it online for the whole of 2021 now so you can check that out at faint signals one word dot io yeah i have had a little uh, check out of it and it's fantastic oh great so so you so the idea is that you wear headphones and you and you walk around wherever you like and whilst you walk and it's almost like you're walking through this soundscape at the same time that's a really great description of it yes very much so and every time you click on you'll have a different experience we've had some really great feedback on people telling us that it's very mindful that they find it a very relaxing experience also people saying it's very stimulating um especially i think more than ever so much why um we're restricted at the moment in terms of of being able to do different activities i think yeah a lot of people have told us they've got a lot out of it yeah i think it's great to have i mean obviously this is just such a strange weird time for everybody but it's great to have there's little pockets everywhere isn't there of like real creative things going on that you can access Mm. from your own home and when you're not getting out and about in nature so much i think that's definitely a lovely thing to be able to listen to from your own home yes uh, i think they they created something that's really interesting and and just the fact that you know it changes so much and you know you can stay on it for five minutes or you can stay on it for half an hour and, and get a very different experience each time yeah, definitely. And so you have um, a big birthday coming up soon, Ken, not you personally, but the British Library. That's right. So we were founded, it, well, um, established in 1973. So in 2023, it will be the library's 50th anniversary. And of course, that's also Leeds Year of Cultural Celebration. And I think that that's a good opportunity for me to talk a little bit more about what we're, we're trying to grow in the library in, in the Leeds region, because we, we've been here for a long time. Um, but not everyone is aware of us and not everyone is aware of the great things that the library do and all the interesting work that, that takes place at Boston Spa, even though we are this, you know, quite important presence and that the, the lead site is really integral to everything the library does. About 70% of everything that we look after is at the Boston Spa site. So what we've been developing over since 2019 is a culture and learning program focused on this region. And so I was recruited to look after the cultural side. My colleague, LV Thompson, was recruited to look after the learning side. And so Faint Signals is one aspect of that. But we are developing a, a program in all sorts of different ways to connect to different audiences. And of course, COVID has, has impact what, it, what we've been able to do. But it's, uh, we've still tried to kind of adapt and grow that. So I've done a lot of online events, which have looked at everything from uh, cookery books in our collections. We did a huge series of online events that were focused on Unfinished Business, which is a program the library runs about the continued fight for women's rights and a variety of other online events as well there. And LV's done all sorts of learning programs too, connecting with schools, as well as working with unaccompanied young asylum seekers, and also as distributing creative packs. Because as much as we've done a lot of digital work during lockdown, we know that people also need a break from that, and not everyone has access to different digital devices and services. So we've been developing it and, and as the negative impacts of, of what we're going through at the moment, um, hopefully we start to emerge from them. We're going to expand the program much further. So we do want to do exhibitions locally. We want to do more in-person events and more co-creation projects with communities in Leeds. So exciting times for you all there. Yes, certainly. And, you know, we, we're really ambitious um, and we're already working with lots of partners in the city. Um, to develop things. 
you know, we're, we're kind of really looking forward to just really keeping growing what we're doing and enabling more people to, you know, connect with all those different collections we own in all sorts of different ways. Yeah, and it's great, isn't it, to um, think of new ways to get out and reach out to people, like you say, in particularly in these difficult times. But it's also nice to be able to somewhat look forward and think about what you can do when, when we're finally all a little bit freer to move around. That's right. Yes, we 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 are doing our best because it, it's a challenge for, for for everyone. But to to sort of uh, you know think what we can do beyond this period, as well as keeping our program running at the moment, so people can still engage with our collections and and we can create different program to engage people during these times. If you don't mind me asking, Ken, just for people who you know, because it sounds like a fantastically interesting role that you've got. How did you get into being a lead cultural producer? Did you have you always worked with libraries? No, that's a good question. I've uh, spent most of my career, I suppose you'd say, in the wider world of uh, museums, galleries and libraries. So I've worked for the library for just over a year. Prior to that, I worked for an arts organisation in Hull. So I was there for a few years. And before that, uh, I worked for another arts organisation in Leeds. So I've worked in, in different museums and galleries. But I think the thing that has always kind of connected it is I'm really excited about, you know, working with people and really creating interesting programmes for audiences. So whether that's me working with artists or working with collections in libraries or museums I think it's really exciting and interesting job to be able to create events and programs which uh, get people excited about creative work oh yeah sounds yeah perfect and so how do you how would you get into a role like that is there like a prescribed path or is it just something that you sort of fell into Ah, well, that's that's another good question. Um, There isn't really a a prescribed route. Um, I did a history and cultural history degree at university. So uh, that is certainly one way into it. And then started uh, working in an art centre when I was a student as a gallery attendant, uh, sort of working, looking after exhibitions and projects and kind kind of worked from there. Roots are are broadening from that, though. And uh, one of the things I'm quite passionate about is that we sort of increased the diversity of people from different backgrounds and different routes in, into the cultural sector. I was the first in my family to go to university or, or do anything remotely like this. So it, it's quite important to me. And, and indeed, you know, th- th- there are other ways in the, the library, for example, as one example, has quite a big apprenticeship program now. And we're also starting a, a post with a program called Western Jerwood Creative Bursaries, which is a new post that's particularly targeted at someone from a disadvantaged socioeconomic background. Um, so we are, we are kind of getting different routes into it. But of course, it's, it's really interesting how, how these things are changing in terms of how the digital is affecting how people experience things and engage with culture. That's very interesting. So Ken, can I ask, it sounds to me like you've already sort of said that you've moved around quite a bit, but have you, so you haven't always lived in Leeds? No, no, I haven't, haven't always lived in Leeds. I'm from Merseyside originally, and, and then I've lived in, in quite a few different places. But but I've, I've lived in Yorkshire for, for a few years now and yeah, moved back to Leeds quite recently uh, just to take up this post. So you're definitely qualified to answer the three questions I ask every guest. First one being, what would you say is great about the city of Leeds? Well, uh, I think one of the things that I always say to people is I find Leeds to be a really welcoming place. Again, as, as someone who's, who's lived in different places, I think it's a really vibrant and a really diverse city. And, and I think it, you know, it, it kind of welcomes people into it from all over the UK, from, from all over the world. And I think that that's what makes it such a kind of a, a rich and interesting city to, to live in. So 
so yeah that, that's certainly one of the things that I, I really like about Leeds. And if you had to choose something that you think is not so great about the city of Leeds what would you say? Oh, I was having a bit of a think about this when you mentioned and um, yeah w- one of the things that I, I kind of noticed was the area around Leeds station when you leave isn't the best welcome to the city again it's got so many beautiful buildings and so many nice areas of the city so I think that was something that could be changed and I'm pleased because as I understand it that there's very much a plan to to rebuild that area that, that's getting underway so I look forward to seeing that happen. Yeah I completely know what you mean because as you come out of the station it's such a I mean it doesn't look great anyway when you first come out of the station but even sort of your entrance way into the town where you've got to cross that really busy little intersection I know exactly what you mean yeah but like you say, there's lots of developments afoot. I've not been to the station, I think, since before lockdown, the first one in March. So it'll be very interesting to see how all that has changed in this time. Yes, of course, not, not been travelling around nearly as much. So, yeah, interesting to see how things have developed and lots of new developments in, in the roads in the city centre as well. I think they're trying to create bigger pavements and things, aren't they? So I think that should be good when it's finished. Yeah, definitely. And if somebody had been a resident of Leeds for a very long time, would you be able to tell them about something that you would consider to be a hidden gem that they might never have heard of? Well, I can have a go. But uh, again, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that there's many kind of uh, people that lived in the city longer that, that probably give you much better uh, suggestions for that. But when you mentioned that, one of the things um, uh, that I thought about was uh, Cabbage Hill uh, in Armley and Leeds. So, so I live in, in sort of West Leeds. And I think that's a really kind of hidden spot get a brilliant view right across Leeds and and in fact you know out to into sort of north and east Yorkshire you know sort of looking over towards Selby and the power stations uh so yeah on a nice day uh really kind of you know bracing kind of a view and walk up there on the hill and I don't think too many people know about it I only found about it quite recently so yeah I think that that's a bit of a hidden spot that I'd recommend to people it definitely is because, I mean, I've been doing this podcast for a long time, so I quite often get the same suggestions, but I mean, that that's absolutely fine. People can like the same place. But funnily enough, it's one of those strange things where I'd, I had never heard of Cabbage Hill until just recently. There's a like a Leeds photographer's page on Facebook and somebody, somebody took an amazing view and said Cabbage Hill. And I was like, I've, ne- I've never heard of Cabbage Hill. I don't live in Beeston, not that far away. So I looked it up on the internet. Apparently it's not its official name. I can't remember what the official name is, but... One of the reasons it's called Cabbage Hill is because the soil there was so bad that all you could grow in it was cabbages. All right, I didn't know that. (laughs) So yeah, that is a good one because I've definitely never, I hadn't heard of that one before. Um, And what do you think you'll be doing with the rest of your day today, Ken? Uh, Well, I'm working from home at the moment, like a lot of people. And yes, I'm spending time working on on future events. So we have an event coming up on the 28th of February. That's um, an event with Milim is led by them which is a Jewish literary organization and festival in Leeds and one of our curators will be talking about some of our collections in advance of Passover so you can find that on the Millin website if you look that up it's a free event at the presentation and Q&A uh, with one of our curators Ilana. We also have an event coming up on the 4th of March which is with Leeds Lit Fest Again, that's online, and that is uh, celebrating Andrea Levy, the author, as we recently took archive into the library. And so we'll have different speakers, some based in Leeds, some from all over the world, celebrating Andrea's life and talking about her work. So I'm doing some more work on getting those events ready. Brilliant. I'll make sure I put links to those events in the podcast notes so that people can click through and join in. Thank you so very much for coming and speaking to me today, Ken, and good luck with everything that you're doing. And hopefully one of these days I'll be able to come along and actually yeah have a look at the at the library at boston spa no problem hazel real pleasure to talk to you and yes uh, uh, i'm sure we look forward to welcome you to the site once we reopen thank you bye-bye Bye. Bye. what's happening in this great city we'll tell you
really enjoyed chatting to Ken Taylor from the British Library. That does sound like just a brilliant job. And can you imagine just being in that place with all those artefacts and all of those publications? Just like a dream come true for me. Do check out the podcast notes to have a look at faint signals and all of the other things that the British Library are involved with. And look out for the things that they're going to be doing in the future, which all sound great. Um, For this episode... I have chosen the featured track, which is Natural Force by the fantastic band Weathered Man, who a friend of mine happens to be in. Hello, Rob. Anyway, have a listen, check it out and see what you think. And in the meantime, stay safe, stay warm and look after each other. Speak to you soon. You've made up your mind. Close the door behind.